may the fourth be with you. This is the way. Why you gotta be like Grumpy McGrumperson? Huh? What? Joe, are you even a big? Are you a big nerd? Big Star Wars guy? You talking to me? Yes. Dude, I. I don't think that there's a bigger Star Wars fan than Joe Carpenter. How we never talked about Star Wars, dude? Yeah, I, that's a great question. Because this question has been asked at least five times in this group. Really? Josh goes, "Are you a big Star Wars fan?" I'm a huge Star Wars fan. How have we not talked about this? Then do we never talk about it? Since and me and my sister, never talk about it. <laughs> my my oldest sister, since we've both been alive, we have gone to opening day of every single Star Wars movie that's come out. Every single one. Even since she's lived here in Texas. I've either come down into Texas and we've gone to opening day of a Star Wars movie where she's gone home to and we watch Star Wars. Yeah. All right, that's pretty good. Least favorite Star Wars movie? All three of the the last ones, but the most is definitely Ryan Johnson's Episode Eight. It is a fucking absolute abomination of. Hey, agreed. Yeah. You could tell, dude, that he went into it and he was like, "I'm just gonna fucking blow out the fucking support beams of this." entire saga and uproot everything that people know about star wars like he just wanted to circumvent like i i wouldn't say expectations because he didn't he didn't circumvent expectations it was like it's a very predictable movie but he just it, he made it clear that he didn't care for star wars and he wanted to fucking wreck the legacy so. and favreau we trust favreau is fucking phenomenal dude word <laughs> Even J.J. Abrams was better than Ryan Johnson, and, you know, say what you will about J.J., but in episode nine, like, he did the best that he could with the damage that Ryan Johnson did. Maybe we have had this exact conversation because we are in exact agreement, queued up. Like, that's the exact argument I make every time. Adam, I guess you're the, you're the one that would remember... Yep. You guys have been here before. Oh, nice. <laughs> uh, Adam, you can appreciate my, my older sister, though. You know, it's it's really funny because her and her husband, they build, like, all the Lego sets, the Star Wars Lego sets. Oh, that's neat. Yeah. I'm the only one at work that doesn't have toys on my desk. Everybody else has, like, some kind of, like, children's toy or, like, a le- like Lego figurines. Uh, <laughs> one woman that I work with has like all the Dragon Ball Z, like probably like one sixteenth size. Nice. Yeah. Pretty dope. Yeah. Interesting. Got a Mandalorian helmets, Millennium Falcon, bunch of cool shit. But I'm the only one that doesn't have anything. Maybe you should fix that. Yeah. Generally, I would like feel like I'd be the only one at a place of work that have toys on my desk. But... <laughs> Actually, um, we did have a little bit of a conversation about Star Wars because remember I showed you the purple lightsaber because you were like, Is it like Mace Windu, and I was like, oh, 
<laughs> Since we took a hiatus from recording, watch that be like the last recorded at like two episodes ago. It it was. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I've gone back through and listened to him a couple times. Though. I think I told you that, but yeah, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't that long ago, really. It would have been like a year ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so just because you look so intent right now, I feel like I could ask, like, is anything on your mind? No, not really. You look like you're about to fall asleep or something. Oh, I'm tired. I mean, you're doing, like, the one-eyed willy, like... (laughs) Snoring. It's really going to be a bummer that we're not on on the other one because I could have cut out your snoring, but maybe maybe it'll add some, uh, some zest to the the episode <clears throat> i would listen to someone snore <laughs> i do every night i'm fairly certain daisy has sleep apnea yeah they start like tossing stuff in her mouth they're like shoving my sock in <laughs> or something i was gonna say you should stuff something else but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah some people these days might consider that uh, a form of assault you know, it's a terrible joke, but I generally tell people, like, oh, now nah, I'm going to go home and just sexually harass and assault my wife until she gives up. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that's that's the game doing. we play sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, no. Isn't that no. What <laughs> I feel like that's what marriage is. Yeah. <laughs> just annoying her until she wants she fucking makes me shut up but I'm alright being yeah, shut cool. up alright what um, so you had something you wanted to talk about Josh yeah so my boss that's younger than me is telling me about chat GTP or GPT I don't know which one GPT GPT thanks and he were, he has got a set another job as well, and he's telling me that one of his uh, employees asked him for a letter of recommendation. He didn't really like, give a shit about the employee, but they were still good enough of an employee to like deserve something. So he put he just put in I guess it's like the prompt on there. He's like, let's say John was a good employee. He worked at this warehouse for this long, and he made the place better. Write a full like. Uh, recommendation for him and it pops out and shits out the, and he showed it to me it shits out this recommendation it's better than anything I would have wrote and he goes yeah so I've been playing on this then he shows me he's like alright yeah check it out he says I'll just uh, I'll make up a story right now in here he says the first time Josh milked a cow and <laughs> and he used to be in the army or veteran Josh milks the cow and it, it went into this entire story of how I was in Afghanistan with this psyops group, and we went to the local town that was known for its its milk and dairy cows, and breaks it down perfectly, <laughs> wrote out, and it was like talks about me going to the cow and being nervous, and my my hands grew tired quickly because they were not used to that repetitive motion. Yeah, but can you but, imagine using that for like award citations though? I'm telling Dude, you. that actually is fucking brilliant. <laughs> like, I'm legitimately doing that from now on. Yeah, I am going to utilize this 
figure out how to fucking make it work. But he's telling me all this, and he's showing me the story that where the farm. Did he show you what it looks like, like in context? Mm, he has had it up on his phone, like a phone version, maybe an app version, and typed in a prompt, and it fucking brought him something. But I was like, man, if somebody does something great, you can write him an achievement letter or however you want. He's like, yeah, I'm not working ever again. So that was part one. I was thinking about that, and I was like, I bet you Joe knows something about that. Like, Dude, if I was the future of awards now, like, even an AEM is going to be read like a Medal of Honor. Yeah. So I was like, if I was on a game show and I had, like, one line to call of somebody to explain chat GPT, GTP, GPT to me, I'd call Joe, figuring you know something. Can you guys see my screen? It looks like it's trying. Yeah. Um, so let's ask like it, ask it to write a script for a podcast about aliens. And with three individuals. Can you see it? Theme music fades in and fades out. <laughs> Joe, welcome to our podcast where we uh, half of my screen, uh, half of your screen that I'm saying is like cut off. It's going to write us a whole script, dude. I'm telling you. <laughs> the universe is full of mysteries, gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> Adam, I still think it's a hoax. <laughs> Adam, do, have you used this? Do you know anything about this? I have never used this. Are you familiar? I, I've i heard of it. I know. It's like part of the uh, writer's strike going on. Uh, oh. Because there's already like movie and TV studios using this to write scripts instead of uh, why would, Why wouldn't they? Yeah. Now's my time. Like Since I'm not talented or I have nothing I'm good at. Like, here we go. Like, start... Will you uh, copy and paste and send that to me? Yeah. Maybe we can post it on our uh, Twitter page or Instagram page for the pod. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, we have an Instagram page? <laughs> we do after this. I spoke into existence. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, uh, yeah, so you're going to do that, right? Because I, I don't really use Instagram. That's fine. It would be cool if you did it. I can <laughs> do that. Um, yeah, dude, so I, I've, I've given a lot of thought to AI and like what the world's going to look like, you know, in five or 10 years and like what it means for society and stuff. And I think that we've talked about on, on, on the podcast. Uh, I don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast. I know we've talked about it in person, but, um, how, my opinions on, on some things changed over time. One of them in this particular case, namely, uh, the idea of UBI, a universal basic income. And oh, yeah. So I uh, d did you listen to that episode of Joe Rogan with uh, Michio Kaku, the most recent one? Not the most recent one. I've watched one that you recommend that was on UBI, I want to say, and it was a JRE episode maybe year, two years ago. Yeah. So uh, Dr. Kaku, in, the, in this most recent episode that they did together, he's talking about how, um, like, when, 
when a lot of new things came out, you know, like like we used to have blacksmiths, but now we don't have any blacksmiths, but nobody really thinks anything of it because, you know, the, the people who would have been blacksmiths are now they, you know, they manufacture cars or whatnot. And he's like, so when when AI comes to, you know, to full fruition, um, you know, especially with the advent of quantum computing, which I, I could talk about quantum computing for a fucking day, too, but. Um, particularly in regards to AI and what that means to, to people, he's like, there's still going to be jobs. It's just going to be different jobs. And um, while I hope that he's right, and he probably is right, he's a super smart guy, that, that I, I don't, what I see as a more likely like course of action is like a, a situation in which the world is so reliant on artificial intelligence for creating the, the things that, I, like, you know, everybody knows right now that, that AI, the, the big the big concern is like coding, right? Um, so China, for example, is working on AI to like analyze and be able to interpret and fucking do every, basically every zero day attack that's ever occurred in the history of, of code, right? So they're trying to make an AI that can basically hack into any new system or any system um, basically instantly. And with quantum computing, that's going to get even worse. But more so what I'm trying to focus on here, I'm kind of going on a tangent there, but more so what I'm trying to focus on here is I think that I think that AI actually is going to take a lot of jobs. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. I, I think it's going to, you know, free up a lot more opportunity for people to, to be creative and to do things that they want to do. But it, it creates a huge conundrum, a conundrum that we've never had in the history of humankind. And that is, um, when machines and technology is so advanced that we don't have to work and can't work because there isn't as much work, then what do we do? And the, the, the most pragmatic, I think, uh, solution to that is UBI. I think you, I think you give enough money to everybody that they can subsist and maybe, uh, a little bit more than that, if, you know, for recreation, you know, going to the movies or, you know, fucking video games or whatever people want to do. And then because a lot of people are going to be perfectly content with that, they're going to be very satisfied with that. And they're like, you know what, this is enough money for me. I'm good with that. But other people are still going to want to work because they will want more. And those people can still work and there will be plenty of jobs for them because other people are perfectly content with the jobs or with sitting at home and not doing anything. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So UBI, I think it, it like that when, when people hear it, dude, they're immediately like communism, socialism, and like they shut down to the idea. And I did the same thing. I used to do the same thing, but I, I really think that we're rapidly approaching a place where we don't have a choice. We either have a UBI and, and do something similar to what I just described, or we're going to be in a place, man, where poverty is, will start running rampant. The, the companies are going to get bigger and then people are going to get smaller. You know, so UBI, I think, like, again, I, I very much changed my mind on that because I, don't, I just don't think we have a choice. Um, but that's that's uh, that will be a I, I guess just a problem that's created from AI. I hey, guess that's a lot of fucking cool shit. Like, I mean, what I, I would like about some of it. Yeah, what I'd like about UBI is people are just like just like doing what they want to do. If you want to be a doctor, you're going to be a doctor like. You're not doing anything for the financial gain. It's just what you humanly want. But what do you do with all the fucking shitheads that just don't contribute to society and just take up my air? 
Well, that's what I'm saying. They, they're going to take up your air regardless. So you just remove them from the equation. You just say, hey, here's your fucking $3,000 a month. Go fuck off. Do whatever you're going to do anyway. What pop? What percent of the population do you think would be a shit stain on society and not do anything good? 50. You want my honest answer? Yeah. I, I Honestly, I think probably like uh, in excess of 50. I think 60 to... 70 80 percent maybe yeah like i'm i'm right at that high end yeah but that's okay though because that means that those 20 30 40 percent 50 percent whatever that that want to be able to experience more that want to travel more that want to have better shit um they'll have the means by which to accomplish that i think it just makes it easier for everybody you don't have the people who are fucking gonna be shitbags regardless bitching about being shitbags and like how the world is fucking wrong with them. And I'm not saying that that's the 50%, uh, you know, that's probably 10%. Yeah. Um, but you'll have those people who, okay, here's your fucking monthly allowance, go fuck off. And then you'll have a, a nice sizable portion of people who, again, they, they're just content with that. Like they don't need or want anything more. They're like, this is enough for me. And I think be a sizable it, would, it would also bring back traditional roles where mom's at home, dad's at work. Because mm -hmm. now mom's getting an income whether she works or not. Good point. One of the things that, that I heard or saw recently that uh, I found really interesting was what happens when we get to a point where the machines that we created that are now creating more machines and creating code and stuff like that, where there's nobody left who knows how to read that code or to write that code. And so the machines are the only ones who know how to make machines. Oh, don't fuck with me like that. Yeah. It's perplexing, isn't it? Mm. Make you think. But, again, there's a lot of cool shit. In terms of entertainment, just sheer entertainment, AI is... It's only getting better. Um, is that going to be my Google? Like Bing? Well, I mean, am I going to use that for every answer, every quick answer I need eventually? Yeah, well, it gives you a more detailed answer. Google just gives you, you know, the links to yeah. take the answer, whereas, like, ChatGPT um, will give you the answer that you're looking for. It probably will because YouTube became my Google because I didn't want to read. Mm. And I would just watch and listen. <laughs> Yeah. And I, I don't even mind reading. I just get lazy. But uh, We've also talked about that on the podcast before, about like watching YouTube videos to learn shit. I think it was on the fishing episode. But uh, yeah. yeah, dude, like I, I'll try to look for something and I'll be like, well, I don't want to like watch this fucking 15 minute video on it because I just want to find a quick little paragraph that explains it to me. And then it's like 30 minutes later, I could have been fucking done watching the video 15 minutes <laughs> yeah. still looking for the answer. <laughs> well, I was talking about that. Uh, I told you that we we're having that AI conversation at work. And I'm going, like, I was at a really hard time with math through school. Like, never had a teacher that could really fucking explain it to me in a way that stuck. Or they were just too vanilla boring. and right? Or I just didn't care and I was a teenager. Chalk it up to whichever one or all of them. How fucking easy would it be to learn math? Like, or 
for me to cheat in math? Like, why do I even need to learn how to break down the root of numbers? Why does the education system want me to learn everything that way when I live in the information era where I can get everything at the tips of my fucking fingertips? Uh, I'll give you the same explanation that I gave my son. Because my son, he, he he's like, Dad, why do I need to learn this? This is dumb. Why do I need to know A squared plus B squared equals C squared? Kind of, you know? Yeah. Um, have you guys ever heard me talk about my theory of compounding intelligence? Nope. Adam's got me fucking scared that every time that, like, <laughs> you're saying, have I talked about this before? I'm like, well, I don't know if we ain't fucking done anything <laughs> or if we not. <laughs> so, so basically what it is is, like, the more I know, the more I can know, right? It's a pretty simple concept. So uh, I'll, I'll give an example of that. Um, like when you're working on a car, right. And you, something breaks and you're, you, you learn how to fix it, but like, you didn't know anything about it before that point. Right. So like, let's say your, um, let's say your belt goes out on your car. So you're like, okay, I've never replaced the belt in here before. So I, I need to look at like a chart that shows me where I need to wrap it around, you know, which pulleys and, you know, depending on the car, you might have five, six, seven different pulleys in there. Right. You know, just spinning right round, maybe right round. So um, so you look at the schematic and you see, okay, here's the alternator. It's got to go around the alternator, and then it goes down to the fan, and then after the fan it goes up to the AC compressor, and then after that it goes to, you know, whatever. Um, and so you see these things just by virtue of having replaced that belt, right? So a week later, your alternator goes out. And you're like, oh, I know exactly where my alternator was. So now I, I, at least I have a starting point as to like how to fix it or where to fix it. Right. And so and you know how to take off the belt. So you pop the belt off and you dig around in there a little bit. You see the bolts. You didn't know where the bolts were, but it's easy to find because you know where the alternator is. Pop that joker off, slip a new one in and you're good to go. Right. So, I mean, that that's just a very simplistic um, kind of version of what I'm talking about. But. Imagine that now between all the things that you've done in your life, right? So building a computer, okay? Let's say that I that I decide to build a computer and I do a whole bunch of research and I figure out how to build a computer. And, and now I have a pretty good understanding of like what's actually occurring in that computer. So when somebody tells me that like, you know, there's this uh, data link between here and here, like I, I can visualize now what that looks like inside of that computer and what a microprocessor looks like. Um, so, and that, that's Joe Carpenter's theory of compounding intelligence. It just, the more that I know, the more that I can know. So bring it into math. Yeah. So understanding a squared plus B squared equals C squared at, at face value, you're like, Oh fuck. Like that really means nothing to me. Okay. Pythagorean's theorem. Like I, I, I'm never going to fucking use Pythagorean's theorem in my life. I can just ask chat GPT or whatever. Dude, I'll tell you, uh, like a month ago I was, uh, redrawing some of the schematics that I had made for my basement, the, the way that I want my basement to look when it's finished. And I came to a point where I, my fucking original measurements are back home, but I had some of the measurements. <laughs> this is a true story. And so <laughs> I get to this corner and I'm trying to figure out the, the, the length of a wall. And I had the length of another wall and another wall. And I was like, Oh, a squared plus B squared equals C squared. And I fucking figured out the length of the wall. That's a true story. But that's not even like the point of that compounding intelligence. The point of the compounding intelligence is, is that the actual knowledge itself doesn't matter. 
I mean, it does in some instances, but the, the, the point of the information isn't, isn't because you'll need that specific information. It's to, it's to build your brain to be able to think in that, in that way, to be able to make those connections and to be able to understand things. How are you not thinking in that way whenever you're learning about something that you actually want to learn about? What do you mean? Like if all the time that you're using learning Pythagorean's theorem or whatever other silly math, and you find out what you're actually passionate about and you compound and learn about that and instead of math, if you're into cars, exactly. You spend more of your time as a child learning about cars and omitting that that math. How's that different? Um, it's probably not too dissimilar, to be honest. But there, I mean, I, I guess I have a couple different thoughts on that. Number one, that when you focus too much on one thing, or even like one subset of things, right? we could narrow down vehicles to internal combustion engines, right? Um, you just really like engines. So maybe you don't know anything about, about powertrains or exhaust mm -hmm. or body, right? Um, you just are really smart about engines. At least with engines, you still have a pretty good understanding of how that, that, that piece interacts with the whole, right? The whole of the vehicle. So Intake maybe compression the, power exhaust, but yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, maybe not the catalytic converter, but like the process, right? Um, so so you have like a, going back to that compounding intelligence, you have a pretty good understanding of like that whole system. And so you, uh, you then knowing that information about the engine could probably go look at a generator and be like, oh, I have a great understanding of how this works. Or even something like if you were to go into a fucking hydroelectric dam and they were like, hey, this is how this works. You're like, oh, that's an alternator, right? So it, it does give you a better baseline knowledge. But if you were to take that same information and somebody was like, hey, um, I, I need you to take a, a look at my stove because my stove is not working. Then you would look at that and you'd be like, I have no fucking clue what's going on in here. So that my point there is that it, it helps you in just kind of understanding the world in like a broader sense and just applying critical thinking. Um, but also, it, when you're talking about public schooling, it's how do you how do you say, Josh, you like engines, so we're going to teach you about engines. But Adam, you like math, so we're going to take you teach you about math. Math is universal. Engines are not universal. So the the reason that the schools use math specifically, and you know English language arts and social studies, is because those are like universal tools that people need to be successful in life. And so you might not care for math or think you're ever going to use math, which I found more often than not is not entirely true. But you, you might have Johnny Fuzzy Nuts who decides to get into programming. And, you know, he can make programs that do the math for him. But in order to make those programs, he's got to do some math. Or, um, you know, somebody who wants in to get really any STEM field, architecture, engineering, fucking um, electronics in general which are, are really what drives the world now are going to be driven by mathematics modern ones and future ones i guess even when we get to quantum computing i think it'd be beneficial if at a younger age maybe into middle school if you had more avenues 
kind of start pursuing stuff and what you're passionate about or what you're into at the time. And if you didn't know, you can still go like the basic school route. Yeah, but think about how many people would feel stuck. Like how many times did you change? How many times did I do what? Change your mind. Uh, I had no idea what I wanted to do. Still don't really. I still, yeah, all the time. So there are schools like that. I think, uh, like, the city of Los Angeles started one where if you're interested in being a firefighter, you do, like, your basic school stuff, but then the other half of your classes are based on that you want to be a firefighter. And you could probably come out of high school, like, fire one, fire two kind of shit? Yeah. So Montessori schools are kind of based on, like, a similar design, not quite that. But the the problem there is, like, if you're in a school like... um, fucking Herman, Nebraska or something, you know, where there's a population of 500, you don't have the, you don't, you don't have the resources by which to, to have a school like that. Yeah. You could only do that in a, in an urban setting or online, but I don't think online, excuse me, schooling would ever really be the issue. You don't get like that social interaction. Yeah. Maybe that will change, you know, with, with, uh, the technology that's right on the horizon maybe it would make more sense to to have like a basically a virtual school but i mean like i I know my one friend that i I see on a regular basis that was homeschooled i call him out on shit all the time like no that's a weird thing that you're doing you don't realize that because you're homeschooled like it's some homeschooled shit (laughs) he's like yeah i think you're probably right I, mean, I can I can usually meet people and be like, "You're an only child, aren't you?" Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, spent a lot of time alone as a kid, huh? Yeah. Dude, there's uh, me and Rusty. We we, we replaced this dude uh, downrange, and uh, we were driving with him. I don't even remember where in the fuck we were, but it doesn't matter. So we were driving with him, and like he just kept saying weird shit, and I was like, "You were an only child, weren't you?" And he was like, "How did you know?" And I was like. Because nobody else says the shit that you're saying. Like, uh, I think it was more or less his attitude. But I'd be more apt to homeschool the kids now because uh, I just recently learned like they have full on like basketball, football, baseball, school sports oh. in my area where all the homeschool kids for like the next like they bring three, four counties. I play on the same team, so I mean you can kind of tailor your academia to how you prefer you think would be fit within like the state's guidelines still but and they can still get that social aspect that that'd be nerd like nerd nerds fucking nerds i love nerds i'll give you another example so i uh at work um you know i i don't do anything even closely related to uh it um but the some of the people were getting brand new computers and the rest of us were not getting brand new computers and our shit was running slow as dude like unbelievably slow and i'm i'm looking at the the telemetry on the computer and i'm like the the ram is maxed out so they come to, to, to take all the old computers but before they took all the old computers i went and talked to the it guy and i was like yo can i take some of the ram out of these computers and put them in our computers we're not going to do it and uh it's compatible ram they're identical and uh, so he was like, yeah, sure. So I took the RAM out, threw it in, in arm machines, doubled the RAM, and now they fucking purr like kittens. So that's like... It's pretty it, cool. 
Yeah, I mean, just having like a baseline knowledge of how different things work, like, is very advantageous in life. Yeah, I would have thought about that. I like. I guess I would have assumed there wouldn't be room on like the motherboard or anything. Yeah, no, there's definitely room. It took it took the whole thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. I didn't know. Only one I know is like with that that GP Force update. The what? So was it like uh, the GP Force update? You run through Windows. It'll go through like the whatever's not in the software center and everything. Scan your whole computer, see if there's any issues. Oh, I yeah. I mean, I guess I don't. I don't. I'm not really sure what you're talking about. I've never GP Force. I guess I've never like heard that term. I could be totally butchering it. I just kind of know how to do it. I'm on a Mac right now, but. Oh, like a like a Windows diagnostic tool, like it just. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, dude, Adam just looks like he's fucking lost in the sauce. <laughs> you kind of got like some Shrek forehead lines right now. Why are you looking like that, man? <laughs> I was reading something. I oh. mean, layers, Adam. <laughs> Adam, did you notice my hair? I can't see you. Oh no. He's 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 got this American History X thing going on. I don't, <laughs> don't do that, man. <laughs> ah. Don't do that to me. You yeah. look like a young Edward Norton with a beard. Yeah. Uh, yes. Oh no, dude! I swear, <laughs> God, I swear. <laughs> Stop. That's not Josh, good, man. Josh, just dis like. Exit out and come right back in. We'll keep recording. I, okay. He's got he's got to see it now. Oh, you're much bigger now. Oh, thank you. Oh, hey. wow. <laughs> and the black oh. hoodie doesn't make it any better. It makes no, it worse. It, it genuinely looks like you're writing racist propaganda in your basement. <laughs> I turned the fucking background blur on. I didn't think you could fucking see anything can't it is blurred mm. out. talking about yeah you. oh yeah i'm joking yeah i don't i don't do that <laughs> speaking of josh being a racist now yeah i was watching this video of this comedian from like the 50s or 60s he was a german comedian and he tricked an entire crowd into saying zig heil like the whole Nazi yeah. salute. Yeah. yeah. He tricked them all into saying it and goes, oh, looks like we still have some former comrades in here. <laughs> Jesus. It's rough. Yeah, I'll, I'll buzz the head. Like, I haven't done it in like three years or so. But my hair got as long as it's ever been. Like, when it was wet, it was down to my eyes about. But I have to dress nice for work. So I literally have to fucking shower every morning even if I take one in the evening because all my hair will be 17 different directions on wherever my pillow is at. I got tired of that shit. It's time to get hot. Took it all off. So skinhead it was. Okay. Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> Not helping. <laughs> when I was in uh, basic training in AIT, well, when I got to AIT, we had this drill sergeant, and he always had a bald head. And... Uh, when, like towards the end of AIT, he told all of us in his platoon that we needed to shave our heads too. And so we were like, 
I guess if Drill Sergeant said we got to shave our heads, we got to shave our heads. So we all shaved our heads, and he got in a lot of trouble for it. The the leadership was like, "Yo, what the fuck? Like, why did you have every single fucking soldier shave their heads?" So, anyways, oh, like, to say when I graduated from AIT, I was like basically fucking bald head, and I get home and uh, my buddy Chance, his his buddy Laron's living with him, and uh, so I'm like sitting out on the couch with Laron, and and, and Laron's like. Yo, dude, are you, are you like a racist or what? And I'm like, damn, dude. Like, you know, I was like, I probably weighed all of like 165 pounds, you know, six foot two, skinny as fuck, and fucking bald head, dude. Yeah, it was really funny, though. It's funny how like people see a bald headed white guy and they're like, oh, he's a racist. <laughs> yeah. I got more jokes this time than I definitely did last time, but I knocked all the hair off. Maybe it's because of the beard. Maybe. I'm starting to hit, like, uh, some of the stereotypes, too, though. Like, I'm trying to go to the NASCAR race this weekend. Hell yeah, oh. brother. <laughs> yeah, send it. Do it for Dale. <laughs> <laughs> you were talking about the, the Nazi guy, and uh, it's kind of a random thing, but it made me think about this uh, these experiments from, like, the 60s and the 80s, and then I think they did it again more recently, but it was called the Milgram Experiment. And you guys have probably heard of it, or maybe I've talked about it before, but it's... Uh, the Milgram experiments where they just put this random fucking dude in a labs in a lab coat, like a white lab coat to, to give the, uh, the impression to the participants that he was a person of authority. And literally all it took was a white lab coat. And so the, the way that this, this experiment was designed was it was the, the white lab coat guy who was like administering, um, this, you know, like, I don't know, punishment or whatever. And there was a person on the other side of the wall who was also an actor and they were, they knew what was going on. And then the third person, um, was the actual experiment itself. Um, so the other two were the control, they were the variable. And so they would bring in these participants and they wouldn't, obviously the participants didn't know what was actually going on. Um, but they would, uh, sit them down and they would say, Hey, um, you know, long story short, um, there's somebody on the other side of this wall. We're going to ask them a question. If they get the question wrong, then we're going to give them um, escalating levels of electrical shock. And so they would play through this whole thing. And, the, you know, the, the, the doctor, the guy in the lab coat who, who was not a doctor, had no authority, um, basically told him this is the threshold where you could potentially cause them to die. And this, this threshold is where they will die. And um, so they would get to a certain point, and the, the point of this experiment was to see if people would go beyond that, that point of potential death. And so the actor, once they get to a certain threshold, the actor would be, like, screaming in agony, and they'd be like, no, stop, and they would, like, keep asking the questions and shit. And 80% of the participants continued to electrocute the people through what they were told was the threshold for death, and through the sound of the fucking agonizing pain on the other side of the wall, simply because a person in a white lab coat told them to do it. No. Yes. 80% dude. And so when, when you're asking me, about, <sighs> uh, would be basically non-productive in society when, when we're talking about, uh, UBI, that's why I say probably as much as 80%. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. And they've done this experiment three times, but they did it shortly after World War II because um, Milgram, the, the, the guy who um, decided to run the experiment, was basically like, how did 
Hitler convince all of these people to just, you know, annihilate Jews and uh, ethnic people. And so he's like, I'm going to run this experiment and see. And this was after World War II. And everybody's like, oh, I would never be a Nazi. I would never be a Nazi. And like 80% of them were, in fact, Nazis. <laughs> they just didn't know it. <laughs> Can you do any smoke tricks with that thing, Joe? Fuck no. I ain't <laughs> Snoop Dogg. Nah. Blowing circles. We were having that talk at work. We were talking about Snoop Dogg the other day. About, like, how he went from, like, the hardest gangster. Like, super scary motherfucker. And now he's, like, practically a comedian. Like, hosting the Olympics. Or, like, narrating fucking penguins falling in all glass in Antarctica. I never saw Snoop Dogg as being somebody scary. Yeah. Oh, like... I know it's... Death Row. Like, when he first started rapping... Yeah. Super gangster. His music was, sure, but if you ever saw Snoop Dogg, you're like, oh, that motherfucker ain't scary. <laughs> I guess the only thing I really have to go to is I think there's like a, not a cameo, but there's a scene in the NWO movie that came out a few years ago with Snoop, and he's definitely got like that mean guy attitude. Like, no, as in, not in that movie? What no. the fuck am I thinking about? He came in, and he was all happy and excited to be doing it. Suge Knight was, like, an actual gangster. Yeah, I shot him. Gangsta don't dance, we boogie. Yep, Milgram experiment. You guys should look it up later, though. Hmm. Since you're the only one that goes back and listens to the podcast, I remember, I wonder how many times I've like been here like, yeah, I will do that, then totally admitted it from my brain. Like, I probably do need to actually go back and <laughs> listen to all these. I, I think we talked about this a lot, but, like, to be honest, like, this is kind of just, like, therapy for me. Like, I, I give two shits whether or not somebody listens to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. True. Just fucking chill, you know? Nice to, like, talk about random shit with people. Sometimes you get that at work, and sometimes you don't, you know? Very true. Adam apparently gets it a lot, you know? He works with a bunch of philosophers we can solve the world's problems just i just need a kitchen table and a pot of coffee (laughs) (laughs) Uh, coffee sounds pretty bomb that's a pretty dope quote actually that'll be on the other side of the fuck you adam shirt yeah like i actually really like that like he just actually just sat down and talked yeah We've expended all of your sick energy. I know. The silence makes me uncomfortable. That's why I just say something. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you guys have seen Pulp Fiction, I'm guessing, right? Yeah. Do you remember the scene about silence? He's like, it's an awkward silence or something to that effect. And she's like, why does it have to be awkward silence? Why can't people just sit comfortably in silence? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. But on that note, I mean, we could do like the Truman Show. Good morning, and in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Good night. Mm-hmm. Don't hey. have a good day. Have a great day. <laughs> I love that. When, when, I was, when I was recruiting, on my voicemail, so my recruiter, his name was Arn Compton, he, uh, on his voicemail, he, like, at the end of his voicemail, he said, like, have a great Army Day, whore. And so when I became a recruiter, I was like, that is the most fucking genius 
somebody could ever put on their voicemail. So I put it on my voicemail. I was like, hi, you've reached the voicemail of Sergeant Carpenter. You know, I'm unable to take your call right now, but please leave a message and uh, your number and I'll give you a call back and have a great Army day, whoa. I fucking hate you, dude. <laughs> I wonder how many people listened to that and they were like, I ain't fucking leaving. This guy. <laughs> I, I should make Man. my voicemail that now. Like in civilian jobs, you should make that your voicemail. Yeah. Like, if, I, if I called as Josh and somebody had that stupid shit as their voicemail, I would never call again or associate myself with that person. Yeah. Maybe it deters some of those fucking scammers and telemarketers. Oh. All right. Well, fuck you, Adam. Before we fuck Adam. No. Wait, no. Uh, <laughs> um, you just made me think. Both hands. When I went through basic training, and I realized after the fact, because you don't know shit when you're in basic training, that uh, we were like the only people that didn't say hua. I didn't learn that until I went to AIT. My fucking first sergeant at basic training wouldn't fucking play that shit. Like, we'd kind of hear something like the random, you know, like cadre and CO come over and be like, yeah, yeah, you got that hole? Use it as a comma, or however. And we'd be like, yeah. Uh, no, uh, hua. Yeah, I didn't realize until, like, AIT, like, that's the fucking thing. That's the Army's thing. That's surprising. Yeah. I had a couple of drill sergeants that were like, that's fucking dumb, don't fucking say hua. And, I, you know, I kind of started to adopt that same mantra. I'm like, yeah, hua's dumb as fuck. Like, why do people do that? But then, later on in life, I'm like, why is it a big deal? Like, we say fuck and shit and all the other words. Like, what's wrong with hua? So, I just don't even really care about hua anymore. I like it ironically. It's yeah, true. All yeah. day. It, it does very well in an ironic. Yeah, hua. Or, yeah, you get told to do something you don't want to do. Hua. Yeah. Well, and the, the receiver of that hua, they know what, what you mean when you say hua, but they can't be like, excuse me? <laughs> oh, yeah. No, they they 100% it registers <laughs> quick. <laughs> so, it, it's, it's like a nice way of, you know, <laughs> go fuck yourself but whatever because yeah. like i'll do it but fuck off yeah like, <laughs> like with all due respect yeah <laughs> well yeah there's so many of those though like i think that's the raw and the core and the marine corps kind of shit uh, yeah fuck you adam fuck you adam fuck me